I am Steph Reed. I am the director of the Flat River Community Library. I'm Kara McGee. I have recently started at the Circulation Desk. Dave Seppala, Regional President of Isabella Bank. Michelle Seppala, I'm Dave's spouse. I work part-time at uh, our local library. Welcome to the Flat River Front Porch. All right, we are sitting down today with myself, obviously, Steph Reed. I am the director of the Flat River Community Library, and sitting with me today is... I'm Kara McGee. I have recently started at the circulation desk at the Flat River Library. I'm enjoying it a lot. It's a nice part-time job on top of other stuff I do. You are a circulation assistant, I think, is your formal official title. Gotcha. Because that has a lot of relevance. Uh, yeah. All of our... Listeners are just clamoring to know what is Kara's <laughs> official title at the library. I like that. What you're assisting, I don't know, in the concept of circulation. I'm assisting people with books. I'm going to throw one of my friends under the bus here that I was talking <laughs> to yesterday. I made a comment about the concept of circulation yesterday, and she gave me this really blank look. And I said, when things circulate in and out of the library, and she just kept looking at me. I'm like, books, they leave, they come back, they're circulating. Yeah. It's a circle. Yeah. And I think she, at that point, she was just like, oh yeah. And <laughs> we might, we just might not get on this train and that's okay. You know how the library works and that's the important part. You don't need to yeah. know the jargon. Have you reached your two month anniversary yet of being here? That's, how long have you been here? I think I am coming up on the two months because I think I was officially hired at the end of September. Huh? Yeah. That'd be about two months. Yeah. I lose all sense of time, usually. The last two months have been so chaotic, too, that, yeah. yeah, time has not felt real. Probably actually in the last three years, but especially the last couple of months. Yeah, and especially depending on if you spend a lot of time, like, not going out and being around other humans. If a lot of work keeps you at home, it's very easy to forget oh, yeah. what the passage of time looks like. It's the worst. It just well, gets worse as you age. It really does. Or maybe you just don't care about it as much. I don't know. That too. That too. Yeah. that's. I think that's my favorite thing about getting older is that you just stop caring about things as much. Yeah. That's the best. It is pretty great. You're like, oh, it's not that important. It's not that serious. Right. The things that suddenly don't matter, you're just going with the flow more because... That's, yeah, that's a good way to put it. What can I do? It's the key to happiness. It's, yeah. just, it's just letting it be. Yep. Yeah. A fun fact, it's happened a couple of times since I've been here where we've hired multiple people at the same time. <laughs> and this was not intentional at all. It was a complete fluke that when we interviewed this last time for two positions, the two people that we liked the best and wanted to offer the jobs to were yourself, Kara, and the other person we hired, Kara. Spelled the same way. Yep. Both with a C. Both. Yep. Pronounced differently. There's no way of telling from looking at them which one is which. Nope. Same last initial. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And they say that like same sound at the beginning, like the mick sound at the beginning of your, yours is MC and hers is M-I-K. Yeah. Yep. The odds of that are just, it's so crazy. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's, and again, I feel like I need to underscore this. It was not yeah. intentional. The two of you were just both really cool. And oh, yeah. Kara, we never, we don't get scheduled because we have the same job, so we don't really work together a whole uh -huh. lot. But 
the times I have gotten to interact and hang out with Kara, she's also very awesome. Right. I say also. I'm also very awesome. But I didn't well, mean yes. like that. But just own it about yourself. <laughs> yeah. It's just like I am awesome and she is awesome and we are awesome together. I would. It's got to feel weird just being like paired up with somebody that you've never met before conceptually like that. Like, you are half of something. It, I posted about it on my Facebook when I got the job saying, oh, there's another Kara slash Kara at work. And somebody's oh, you have to post the Spider-Man name then. Oh, the pointing, pointing at each other. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah yep, absolutely. essentially what it is. We're just it, Spider-Man. So it's been confirmed. Right. Yep. Totally different, different people. Totally different identities. Yep. And very little in common, actually. I thought that initially at first, too. And then when we were sitting next to each other during the training day, and I was like doodling One Piece characters, mm -hmm. and Kara was watching me, and she's I love One Piece. I was like, no kidding. I never would have thought. Oh, and okay. She's super into tarot and stuff. And I, I, I've never really been super into tarot, but I collect decks that oh, have really okay. pretty art and just admire them. <laughs> but That's okay. There's a handful of things with our staff as a whole where there's several people that have a point of connection. Tarot is clearly one of them. Yeah. Because Veronica and Cassie are both really into tarot as well. Yeah. Clearly manga and anime. Yeah. There's a component to that too. We've got a few of those fans in the staff. We've got some horror and true crime people too. There's some overlap. We're all a little bit weird, a little bit different. And yeah, so there's always nerd points that you can connect at. Which is great. Yeah. Yes. I feel like that's becoming a more widespread thing across all genres. I feel like media is so accessible now, mm -hmm. like all sorts of genres are so accessible that you find more and more overlapping interests with people, which is really cool. Yeah, yeah, I, I feel like the concept of fandom is becoming much more mainstream oh. to, to a fault almost because the Marvel <laughs> universe is overwhelming, choking, choking and ridiculous. You can't live a normal life and still actually keep up with everything. And I will acknowledge that as a universe that I've tried to stay out of. It is such a commitment and it's not something that you're just like, I'll try this out and see if I enjoy it. You can sit down and watch 50 movies and like 17 series and yeah it's just it's too much it is and this is we joked that we were gonna see how long it took us to talk about comics because you're not supposed to bring that up. okay you okay it's, it's like fine it's, it's like the game once you've said it <laughs> it's too late i okay. ruined it okay now that we have i have a degree in sequential art which is just a fancy way of saying comic books and i literally studied comics through college and i wrote papers on batman and all of this other stuff and even i think i stopped reading marvel a lot in college simply because i was too busy reading other comics which is hilarious right. and it's so hard to try to figure out where to pick back up and how to reintroduce myself to the Marvel canon. And I have since worked for Marvel. I've drawn Captain America and it's difficult to promote the stuff that I've done for Marvel because I'll say I've drawn the series of Captain America, but not the Captain America you might know. It's this other Captain America and to find out his introduction, you have to read these certain issues and so on. It's It gets so complicated. And the end all... points are not super straightforward like yeah. it, it feels like you're trying to jump onto a moving train it's so frustrating a little bit yeah that's the the major problem with marvel and dc is the universe is so big and there's so many parallel universes and i think marvel putting that more into like their movies is an interesting thing that they've been doing lately but that does make it even more complicated to <laughs> for yeah. the casual fan or moviegoer which is funny in and of itself when you think about it, because 
blockbuster films being part of that world building concept and something that tends to be associated with a very specific, very committed fandom. Suddenly that's the norm and Mm. casual participation is discouraged. Yeah. Which is funny. That seems like such a reversal. I know. Yeah. It's one of the many frustrating parts of the comic book industry right now is trying to know how to introduce people to these universes if they've come from the movies and they want to start reading the books and they walk into a library or a bookstore or comic shop and they're like, oh, I just saw the Marvels. Like, where should I start reading if I want to know more about these characters? The Marvels has Carol Danvers Marvels. It has Miss Marvel, et cetera, et cetera. So there's you have to almost hand them this whole stack of books or recommendations. Right. That's overwhelming for a lot of people. Or just start where you want. To a certain, I feel like there's something to be said of just just pick something up and you, you will probably get enough from it that you can catch up. When you think about how many of these characters have literally been around for 50 years or more, no one is supposed to have read the entire canon yeah. of any of these things. There are people who have. <laughs> but it's not a typical yeah, the, experience. It's like expert level Like, you've dedicated your entire existence to this. I don't know as much about the big two as you do. And as someone buying graphics for the collection, I find those to be very overwhelming. I try to avoid them a little bit. Yeah. Mostly because I don't know what our readership is in that. And I will put out there that if you are local and you are a huge fan of reading the comics in either of those universes, please let us know because I will gladly give it a try. Oh, yeah. But... In the graphic world, I tend to gravitate much more towards, I wouldn't say necessarily more realistic mm-hmm. stories or like non-fantastical because there's definitely a lot of fantasy in that universe that it's, but like the more self-contained more The stories. more independent. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. there's some really good publishers outside of those. Yeah, where that, you can just pick up a book and have that right. contained story and not have to worry about reading 10 other volumes. Or right, hundreds for yeah. that matter. Like it's not as it's not as punishing or like it can still series are still feasible but the much more bite-sized. Like yeah. some of my favorites in graphics have been series weirdly sports comics. Oh, they're so good. They're so good. And I am not a big sports person, but there's this great series called Fence. Oh, about yeah. fencing. I love that series. And it's just, I'm not, I don't care about fencing, but like that, those books made me care about fencing. Fencing, fence specifically is the reason I got one of my first creator owned comics with Boom. Right after oh. Fence came out, they hired me to do a book called Dodge City, which was a sports comic about uh-huh. the dodgeball team. And right. It was one of the most fun books I've ever gotten to draw. And me and uh, Josh Trujillo, the writer of that, we just who I just did Captain America with. He's one of my favorite people on Earth. He's writing Blue Beetle right now, and just he's a rising star, basically, and I adore him. And Dodge City was such a fun early project to do, and I hope we're going to try to get it going again, hopefully, because this was a few years ago it came out, I think probably in 2017, 2018. Our hope is maybe continuing online eventually in oh, okay. web format just because it, it was only a five issue series only had one trade released but it was really popular in portland a couple months ago i actually had a fan brought me a t-shirt that they had made with the sports team oh. logo on it I was like people still care about this book i love it it was very touched it was so great but yeah sports books are the best there's a series called fantasy sports 
that is just beautifully drawn. It's like oversized, but you should look. It's really okay. I yeah, I think it's safe to say that I will generally take your recommendations. I <laughs> need to add to the collection because I'll trust your judgment. I do feel like there's something about there's something so immersive about comics that you consume them quickly. I'm sure. It's got to be almost frustrating as an artist because you put so much work and detail into it. But at the same time, you can feel invested. I've gotten more excited about recommending comics to people because it holds on to you in a slightly different way. Oh, yeah. It, and it's interesting, too, because I, I tend to do a lot more a books in my career. And I like doing those because some of my best memories growing up were reading comics myself. And I will revisit comics manga that I read as a teenager in middle school. Mm. And I can look at those books now and I can see parts of those books that I incorporate into my current work, into my current art, because I had read those books so many times and I like would literally just spend hours pouring over the art in those books. And so I know that there's readers, even if I as a, a middle grade YA writer, Art, your work doesn't get as many reviews and publications and stuff. But I know that there's going to be readers, like mm-hmm. young readers that are out there pouring over <laughs> those pages and like studying them and learning how to draw from those books. And mm-hmm. that it's an incredible feeling, honestly. It's so cool. And that's comics notoriously doesn't pay great, which is why I also work in a library. But which when, also doesn't pay that great. So together, it makes it work. Spoiler alert. <laughs> it's fine. It all works out. And it, the the best reward for doing comics is when I'm at conventions and kids will come to the table and tell me how much they like the book mm-hmm. or they'll be too shy and their parents will come and tell Aww. me. And that's sometimes even better because right. they're like hiding behind their dad and they're like, oh, don't doctor. Because I was definitely that kid once upon a time and working at the library, seeing kids check out books that, my, that I know who friends have created. And I'm like, man, I'm going to go home and tell Jim that somebody is reading their book today. <laughs> it's it That's very rewarding to me. I love that. Um, I feel like we are always going to have more to talk about on the, oh, yeah, on the comic sure. front. Our interview for this week is with another employee who works at Circulation at our library, as well as her husband, who is a name that is going to be familiar to a lot of people in this area because he's got his fingers in everything. Michelle and Dave Seppala. Thank you so much for coming to sit down with me today. I know that you were, at least one of you, I won't say who, wasn't (laughs) super eager to do it, and I won't out that person. (laughs) But why don't we start out by by saying who each of you are, introduce yourself, say where we can find you, and what you're up to these days. Oh, you're going to go with me? There's no rule of order. Whoever, I knew that you were going to go first just because... (laughs) Rock, paper, scissors, it's me. (laughs) Okay. Dave Seppala, regional president of Isabella Bank. I do and wear many hats. I am a commercial lender primarily for most of Montcalm County. I have about nine branches in Macosta in Montcalm County that report up to me, about 50 employees. And then I sit on, the last count, I think it was eight or nine different boards or committees. It's a good sign that you don't know how many. Yeah, I can't recall them all. I was just at uh, ACAP uh, board meeting this uh, and then I had a, a Greater Greenville Community Foundation board meeting on Monday and United Way is next week so yeah I, I get around okay and don't see your family apparently <laughs> <laughs> 
there's there are times when uh, Michelle and I will see each other for maybe one day out of the week because I'm either at a a meeting at night or she's working or we flip back and forth and I'm having a rubber chicken dinner at some banquet or something and I I miss out so normally Friday Saturdays and Sundays is our day to back to reconnect. Okay. It's good to see you in the same room anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we drove here opposite yeah. and directions. So yeah. But we're here. Um, I'm Michelle Seppala. I'm Dave's spouse and the person that I guess holds down the house. I work part time at uh, our local library. And we're in our local library currently. Yes. 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 <laughs> where, where we are. Yep. And I really enjoy the patrons, young to old, and I feel like this is a good niche for me. I am not a member of every civic organization like Dave. And in fact, though I was prior to moving to Greenville, so it's odd that Dave's kind of taken that mantle. But yeah, here I'm the more low-key and Dave's out there. To be, I think when I came into Greenville 15 years ago, it was like I wanted to be part of the community and, and know what's going on. And mm-hmm. Originally, my thought was, oh, I'll join the United Way. I'd been on the United Way boards in the past. Junior Achievement, I taught Junior Achievement, been on Junior Achievement boards in the past. Learn what the community is about, what's going on, and then it just snowballed as the years progressed. You're and just too good at saying yes is what it sounds like. That And, and I've, I feel very fortunate that I can contribute. It's part of... As a leader in a community with the responsibilities that I have as a lender for Isabella Bank, it's you need to be out there understanding what the community needs are and to help with economic development. Mm-hmm. One of the things we talk about at our Habitat board, and we've really focused it in this year, is Habitat is not only a great organization to help people get into homes, but it also is an economic development as you start thinking about it, you develop a house that has sat on a piece of land a lot, whether it's in Stanton, Greenville, Howard City, or whatever, that is not making much in the tax payroll. If you put a house on it, guess what? It's now in the tax payroll. In moves in with a family, three, four, five people, and next thing you know, they're shopping locally. They're buying locally, whereas before they might not have even been in that community to begin with. Then they're going to the school, where the school then gets money for their students from the state for going to that school. We've really focused in a little bit on that this year. Don't think of Habitat as just a a nonprofit, but it's an economic development piece to the puzzle that we need in Montcalm County. Absolutely, definitely. And especially with the amount of the county that is rural and the amount of it that has been farmland for a very long time. And the area around Greenville, it's one of the only areas of Montcalm County that's actively growing, too. And and that's a good thing for us, definitely. You sit there and you talk to George Basonic over here at the City Hall, and he'll tell you the reason we've got Marshalls and Hobby Lobby and Starbucks and all that is because we've got more rooftops coming. Yeah, absolutely. And, and whether that's apartments, whether that's housing, it, that's what puts us on the map. And fortunately or unfortunately, where you sit on that fence, we can either control this growth, and, but it's coming. Mm-hmm. You can't stop it. Absolutely. The podcast, we've titled it The Flat River Front Porch. And I talked about this to Michelle already, and we were completely on the same page when we were talking about the whole concept behind it. But the idea is that the front porch as a concept is meaningful for most Americans, I would say, because... We, even if we have never lived in a home that has a front porch, 
we get that image. We get that interacting with your neighbors and being friendly with the people around you and being open to having conversations with people you don't know, people are pa- who are passing by, and just lounging and living life in that outdoor space. And I really like that image as something that aligns nicely with what we are trying to do with the library and what we want to be for the community. So I am really curious what what that concept of the front porch means to individuals. If either of you has a front porch story, like a front porch memory that you would like to share. I know Michelle has to have at least one. I have a sweet one. I grew up on a farm and although we had a front porch, it's a redneck story with my father. I wasn't, I told Dave, but (laughs) I have a heartwarming story when um, our girls were younger and we had a big front porch, we would sit out in the swing and it was definitely a hey neighbor neighborhood. Hey neighbor and kids would come back and forth and we would sit out in the swing when it was going to rain and I would teach them like 80s, here comes the rain again songs (laughs) or just really corny songs. We would bundle up in an old quilt and sing 80s tunes. It's a really good memory. I'm not sure I want to share the redneck one. Oh, you got to. You have to. You You have to. If (laughs) you won't, I'll make it up. (laughs) Again, I grew up on a farm. I was born in Arkansas, and, and my dad's always hunted, and he was a little strict. But when my much older sisters started dating, he would make it a point to be on the front porch when the dates came, either like cleaning his rifle or sharpening <laughs> knives or dressing game, it's being really imposing. It's, it's a running gag of my family. But yeah, I shared that with Dave. I'm sure it had the intended effect. It really did. In fact, one, one young guy just pulled in and pulled back out. <laughs> Yeah, that's my dad, Who's by, who, by the way, his real name was Kit Carson. His, oh, wow. Okay. All of his siblings were named after historical figures. And yes, Kit Carson. What did you have, Franklin Delano Roosevelt? Yes, we had okay. a Franklin well, Delano Roosevelt. Those are very Roosevelt. opposite sides of the pop culture spectrum they, right there. Uh, his mother, my grandmother, was half Native American, and I think she wanted to embrace history. And yes, they were all named after presidents, but ironically, like Franklin Delano Roosevelt was nicknamed Charlie. Oh, yeah, I know, right? There's so much comedy there, but yeah, (laughs) Uh, dad was a little imposing. Now you miss out on the front porch story for us that just happened last night. So that okay. We Were you at, preparing for the episode? By okay, I'm drawing a blank. What happened? We have a front, a small front porch, mm-hmm. literally not even a four by four, and Michelle leaves a dog treat out on the front porch because mm-hmm. the next door neighbor, their dog Cree, can jump over this eight foot fence, and he comes over to play with our dog. Oh, okay. All the time. Leave treats. So she leaves treats. <laughs> for which dog though? <laughs> for. For the escapee. The escapee. I was going to say, if there's only one treat and there's two dogs, that might get ugly. But it's almost, now it's becoming almost a a nightly thing where he'll jump the fence and come over. And I'm like, you're training the dog to do it when you leave the treat there. I mean, that's true. I just want it to be worth his while. But the dogs do do have fun. They're they're best buds. But it's pretty funny. That dog instantly knows. When I come home, too, if they hear a car door, they they come sailing over the fence. So obviously, you all are are Greenville transplants. You come from other places. So how has your experience of the community differed from places you've lived in the past? Do you want to take this one? I I think the biggest thing is that it's a, a smaller town for me. I grew up on the east side of the state. I've lived in Grand Rapids, Muskegon, Manistee. 
Syracuse, Decatur, Illinois, and then here. So for me, it was a smaller community, but at the same time, it offered the opportunity to get to know a lot of people and understand a lot about what's going on. But I also have the opportunity to go to Grand Rapids, which is a big metropolitan city Mm -hmm. now. When I first went to college there back in the 80s, the sidewalks would roll up at 6 o'clock, but not anymore. So there's plenty of stuff to do. But at the same time, I'm out here in rural America with people that seem to care and really are open and very social. Mm -hmm. Um, I found that to be very poignant this year when, before school started, when the three high schoolers or middle schoolers Uh got hit by the car. It brought home to me just how caring this community is when you saw every local business and everybody green jacket strong. Uh Still gives me goosebumps when I think about it even now. And then when April over at Fruithaven passed away Uh and those type of things show you that a small town does care and really supports its own, which Uh I thought is very different than anything I've ever been in in the past where I've traveled. There definitely seem to be very strong relationships in the community, and there's, it has its own little microculture. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, I would, that's a good way of putting it. I think that's exactly what it is. It's a microculture that you don't really see anywhere else, and I think it's developed, God knows whether it's been uh, part of the Danish culture. I don't know, because I'm not a Dane, I'm a Finn. So I don't know whether that has helped bring the community together, but it really is a special community, and I'm pretty glad that the last 15 years we've spent here. It's been a good jumping-off point for our girls who middle school and friend for Haley Elementary School on through, and they're now college graduates, and I think it gave them a good base. They were had the opportunity to be in almost anything they really strive for, from plays to play production to soccer to dance teams. Yeah, I'm really thankful that it gave them some building blocks. Yeah, the school really, again, I think if, and I'm not bad-mouthing Rockford, but for they <laughs> no, would go not, ahead. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> they wouldn't have that opportunity. And I think here everybody has a shot. Everybody has an opportunity to do. And take Hannah, for instance, with her going into the play production and the play theater group, she took that all the way into college and is now doing that in her post-college career. It gave her a stepping stone to go into multimedia production for a school district in Illinois. Which, which she is, did in college, too. She yeah, did at Eastern. Yeah. So she found her niche way early in life. I didn't have a niche until probably two years before I graduated, but she found it well before, and Haley the same thing. Her dance career, and that has really blossomed ever since, and even before then. Yeah, there does seem to be a lot of people locally who feel strongly enough about the community that they're investing back into it too. Uh, I feel like you can definitely tell the difference between a an area where people are there because they're stuck there because it's just it's where they landed and they don't necessarily feel invested in it and and a place like this where it's not uncommon to to see people who have lived here their whole lives and and it's not because they're stuck it's because they're just very attached to the community and yeah. um they've invested themselves into it quite a bit. Yeah, and it's, it's interesting to me because at the same time, those people who have lived here all their lives, they're very open to new people coming mm-hmm. in, which in some communities that isn't such the case. But I've never felt uh, alienated because I've come from out of town. Granted, it's taken me 15 years to figure out 
different streets and where they are. It's never anything about a personal connection that I have not felt any, you're a townie or you're not a townie, and it's fair really well. I guess I'm it's laughing just as well. It's... You didn't end up in like a, an actual proper well, I'm, metropolitan I'm area. Because... You're not directionally challenged. I'm the one that lost without my GPS. I think you were being a little too kind. Oh, got the streets down. Yeah, Dave can go anywhere once. And he's, yeah, you turn right here. And I don't retain that. I had to laugh. I think you're embellishing just a little there. Okay. <laughs> yeah. He's being modest. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Thank you. He's looking for sympathy. <laughs> what do you guys feel like you have in common? Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. The reason nothing. I included this question is because I have heard that. Okay, so I feel like I need to give this preface here because for any of anyone who doesn't work with me or have run into me in the presence of either of you, but I I met Dave through Greenville Rotary. Yeah. And obviously I met Michelle when she applied here and came to work here and has of course been fantastic here. And a side note, too, I, ha I still have a very clear recollection of Dave taking me aside during Rotary and being like, just so you know, my wife is getting ready to apply. And I'm like, oh, God, I hope. Why did you do that? <laughs> he was he had very good intentions. He just wanted to let you know. Let me know. <laughs> and sometimes that can be very ominous hearing that. But fair um, enough. Thankfully, you were you were fantastic. <laughs> like you you originally applied for a page. And I remember Veronica and I talking about the fact that we need to find something a little bit more involved for her to do because she'll hate just shelving books all day, which you would have <laughs> in the long run. <laughs> I interact with one of them or the other of them, usually in very individual circumstances, and I get messages to pass back and forth between <laughs> the two of them. Or they give me some low-key dirt about stuff that's happening with the other one at home, and I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> no, I can I know, I'm like, is Dave eating healthy at See? Rotary? Yeah. yeah. I yeah. hear it more from him than from you, honestly. Yeah. I have to eat a salad in front of her. He does. He, he eats very large salads. Yeah. <laughs> I can't remember the last time I saw you eat something that wasn't a salad. It's a front. Yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever. <laughs> you think he's just tucking it in his pocket? Yeah, I, I think later on he can cruise by McDonald's. <laughs> he's somebody that knows the wife. I'm, I'm going to go through the green line. Yeah. That's, that's when I have to put a disguise on, the dark sunglasses and a fake mustache. Oh my gosh, I'll what? have a double cheeseburger, please. No, what no. do you do to him if he eats what I, you consider? inappropriate i know it's bs because we will have to run through let's say we're late going somewhere and have to run through a fast food they know i'm like norma cheers dave and i'm like really <laughs> the drive really? yes they do oh yeah <laughs> yeah it always cracks me up about stuff like that too is that it's not just that they see you regularly it's that they know your name under, oh, yeah. So it makes you want, what circumstance did these people learn your name yes. in the first place? He's a frequent flyer. They probably know his order and they're they just do. playing it down. And, and then when I change it up, they, they're like, why did you change it up today? And I'm <laughs> Are like, you okay? Because uh, I just wanted the wife, to. The wife's here. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say anything. Don't say anything. Knock, knock. But I think it, the thing we have in common, and it started from the first day that we dated, is uh, music. We both are into different genres of music and we both respect each other's kind of musical taste. We go to a ton of concerts, both here locally and also Yeah, everything geez, from Meyer Garden nationwide. To, yeah. We've, we've been to Virginia, um, to Chicago, Cincinnati. Our, our first date we got into this music trivia, which I won. And <laughs> by yourself? <laughs> no, just beat him. But okay. like it's a name that tune or hit 
every trivia, though, with Dave, it's basically six degrees of Michigan. Did you know the drummer was from Michigan? Or did you know they started in blah, 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 Michigan? They stopped at a um, rest stop in Michigan. I, yeah, he, yeah. It's, it all ties back to Michigan. He's a very proud Michiganders. Yeah, it was funny because the first time we met and we went out, we were at this bar and they were playing music. And I go, this is The Temptations. And Michelle says, no, that's The Four Tops. And I'm like, nope, I know who it is. And it's The Temptations. And so then we started after that name that tomb did you know they were from chicago and i'm like no they weren't they're from detroit (laughs) and it gets so bad that when the kids were would ride with us let's say we were ahead on vacation or weekend they're like no no trivia please they would beg us off don't start or wear headphones to is there anything they listen to that, that neither of you cared for no i think we're all pretty open we've had to go to countless dance performances where they're blaring everything from oldies to pop. To hip-hop. Yeah, I think we've earned our stripes there, definitely. But, yeah, I I think we're all pretty much on the same page. They give us grief occasionally for being old or when our music ends up in a commercial on TV. It doesn't take that much for that these days. I mean, no. they, I, I keep getting annoyed when Apple ruins something new that I actually I enjoy. Cringe. What was, what's that medical show that... Uh, You're going to have to be more specific. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> With McDreamy, what's it? Uh, uh, Grey's, Grey's Anatomy. Anatomy. Grey's Anatomy. I'm sitting here playing this. I play Coffee House every once in a while on uh, Sirius, yeah. and I kind of got hooked on this one group, and then all of a sudden, Hannah or Haley, I can't remember, started playing the song, and I said, you said that you hated that. It was on Grey's Anatomy. I thought it was really <laughs> cool, and I'm like... Jeez, oh, Pete, I show you a good tune and they dismiss it because I like it. Then they hear it on some random program. Same oh, random yeah. program, and it's new to them. And it's, Grey's, oh, Yeah, Grey's Anatomy is gospel on that front. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> on track. Hits it front, right up front. But no, we don't really have a lot in common. <laughs> <laughs> then you only have to have a certain percentage, arguably, if you can, if you can get on the same page. Uh, you have to talk about Dave Matthews. I'm a huge Dave Matthews fan, and I roped Dave into it, but we've seen him everywhere from Charlottesville, Virginia on. It's because initially he wasn't as big a fan as I am, or maybe that's not possible. We would link my concerts with something Dave really wanted to do, like a bourbon tour or combine. Yeah. (laughs) And it would both, we'd both have a great time at each. But yeah, we'd have fun. We'd go probably two or three four concerts a year to see him all over wherever he's at and it's really a fun time and we maybe that's what we have in common is we like to do different things and i think that's that's big we both respect what each other likes to do like michelle likes to go antiquing and finding projects and i'll go along (laughs) 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 not saying i like it but i'll go along I don't stop my foot and say no. No, but then he just berates me. You could have gotten that cheaper. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Why didn't Sucks you haggle? I know, exactly. Michelle lets on so easy. It's it's $15. I love this. And I'm like, you could have got it for 10 Every time we go out on a like an antique show, I'll go, let me do the negotiating. And she'll go, okay, I'll try. But she always blows it because she goes, I love this. I'm like... I wear my heart on my sleeve. What can I say? I love this. Let's get it. And that's our decision-making process for anything. Dave, I made this pie chart, and I think this is <laughs> this is the best avenue. I'm like, yeah, let's go. I love that you picked a pie chart because that doesn't even make sense in that scenario. <laughs> <laughs> right? 
It, it's something very boring. And bless his heart, we don't have the same taste even in books or I'm reading suspenseful or murder mystery or something like that. And Dave's reading like the history of paper clips. And I'm like, can you really? I think we bought, I think I bought that book. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that was in our collection. I remember that one coming through. Michelle Just... reads every murder mystery and watches every SUV. Whatever. SVU. SVU, whatever. <laughs> Known to mankind. And I'll walk into the room and I'll say, that guy's guilty. And she goes, what? And, and then and... sure stuff it is that guy. yeah a lot of those are not subtle but yeah it's more fun if you don't try to figure it out <laughs> another I, another game yeah of dave's like guess the murder uh that guy did it like come on like and yeah he's just walking through the room and he may catch just a portion and he almost always yeah that guy's guilty or blah 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 that girl did it and that yeah that's the problem with the with the murder mystery stuff is that they always put the shotgun on the mantle and so of course that's what you're looking for like if they put it in the back room then no one would notice it but yeah yeah not very subtle but yes, it's, I, I've noticed since Michelle started working at the library, her book collection has gotten bigger and bigger. Which is ironic because you think it'd be the other way around because we have a lot of them. Yeah, I, I've, but They're, but then we weed them and we have donations and yes, and for everyone out there, shop our little um, store in the library. You people will read um, hard, you know, hardback books and perhaps once or maybe receive it as a gift and then donate it. Um, so I can get all my favorites. <laughs> and hold on to them. <laughs> and hold on to them. Um, well, and it's funny, too, because I started thinking about this the other day. I've, I've got books that I've read probably five, ten years ago that I don't want to get rid of. Because yeah. Once I re read it, it was like it, it meant something to me. If you see our bedroom, it is just giant bookcases. Got um, wall to wall. Yeah. And then we both look at each other. You could thin this out. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, you first. And then no. <laughs> and so it just stays. Now it's art. I, I don't know. The interesting thing, it, books have always been something special to me. Uh -huh. I, and I talked about this the other day when we were talking about the library. It, as a kid growing up, my mom used to take us to the library uh, in Mount Clemens, Michigan, which was a ultra-modern 60s building uh -huh. every other week. And... I remember she would go one way, and my sister and I would go into the other way. And I've always loved libraries. I've always loved grabbing books and reading them. And that was something I instilled in my daughter, and then I even instilled it in my cousins. And God forbid, I started this long ago. Every 4th of July week, we all get together, all my cousins now, for, what, 40-some-odd years? And our kids and my nieces and my cousins... Of course, all had kids all about the same age, five, six, seven, eight. And I said, we're going to the bookstore because it was raining. And I said, I'm going to buy you each a book. Lo and behold, He's that done was, it now for 40 years. I've done it for 40 years. We, we invade this bookstore. And we take a photo outside every year. Of everybody. But it was funny because when it started, it was, you know, Bernstein Bear books and, and you know. Board uh, books. <laughs> Dollar, cheaper back then. Dollar books. Yeah, dollar <laughs> books. And now all of a sudden they're married and they're like, well, my husband wants a book. And I'm like, how? You can't or, get it. You can't get Or they're having children or they brought right. a friend. Yeah, You, were, you were born just, in or you weren't. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have the blood. Dave takes it all. Yeah, that's an expense, but we do it every vacation. Yeah. That's the big expense on vacation almost <laughs> now. But it's funny because they all know me for that. 
and I hope that's a memory that sticks with them. Yeah, Wins Bookstore Day. Wins Bookstore Day. We have a whiteboard at one of the cabins. Everyone's itinerary and Bookstore Day is a big big deal. You have to do it before so and so has to fly out, or they can't miss Bookstore Day, even though they're like college grads and they still want cousin Dave to buy a book. Yeah. Getting kids to love reading early, that that it's not fully grasped, that I think we we try to boil it down to something really simple, because we all want our kids to be able to read, we all want our kids to enjoy reading, no matter what our own affinities are, we, we want our kids to be readers. And I think we get lost in the idea sometimes of making sure that the kids are able to read, that they understand the letter sounds first, and that they understand how to form a sentence, and they learn they, the mechanical part of it, we drill that into their heads, but it's that it's the culture of reading that's, that is what really sticks with a kid mm-hmm. and, and having that family culture. Uh, and I think it's also the joy of reading. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, there's a picture somewhere, and I don't know who has it, but they have me at this, when all the girls were five, four, three, two, whatever it was. One. I'm sorry, you can finish. <laughs> <you can't laughs> right. How dare you I was me. reading Caps for Sale, and they're all surrounded me because they all wanted me to read the story to them and that kind of encapsulated what it's meant to me is that they enjoyed it so much that it's part of their lives yeah that it's part of our tradition a family tradition and i and i'm really huge on family tradition i've told michelle from the day we met family means everything to me and no matter when where like we had a cousin come up this week and called us up we had to take her out to the breweries in grand rapids yeah and show her Oh, that must have been tough. Yeah, it was tough. <laughs> and then we had another cousin who came on last week who was here for a conference, and I, she was on Facebook, and I said, hey, what the heck are you doing on Grand Rapids? We're just down the street. So we met them up for lunch. So it's part of our my DNA. Maybe family. they just know Uncle Dave picks up the tab. Couldn't hurt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but having a good relationship with family in that way is, it's easy to take for granted too, because I feel like a lot of people don't have that. Yeah. And I love that you brought up the idea of going with a parent into the library and then going opposite directions. Yeah. Because that was exactly what my experience was as a kid. My mom is a lifelong library addict. Like, I think part of her just hates that I was the librarian because like (laughs) that's kind of part of her soul and she reads a million times more than I do but when I was a kid she took no interest in what we were reading and it wasn't a neglectful thing it wasn't like she wasn't concerned both of my parents really made sure that we learned to read when we were young and that they were very invested in our education but she had her stuff and she knew we were going to read what we were going to read and never judged on what I read yeah yeah, Just, and that's the way to do it. You you go find what you find, and you like it, and we went with it. And my mom, back in the day, there was no books on tape or audio file or whatever it is. So we would always go on long two-week vacations. My dad only had two weeks. And so we'd get in the old Vista Cruiser station wagon <laughs> and a Coleman camper. Oh, did it have the, the wood paneling on the yes, sides, Yes, it too? did. Oh, I love those. <laughs> <laughs> and she would read. I, re- I remember succinctly she would read uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, James and the Giant Peach, and then she started reading the Laura Ingalls Wilde books. And we read those. So she was your audiobook. She was the audiobook. She read that all the way to Colorado and back, Montana and back, Idaho and back. So we, out west, out east, all the places we went, 
there would always be a book that she would read to us during that trip. It became, again, a family tradition that that was part and parcel, what happens on a family trip, because there was no more, are we there yet? Yeah, it kept you occupied. Yep. Yeah. She was a teacher, so that's okay. yeah. um, I come from another tie-in. I come from teachers. a long line of teachers. I'm the black sheep. I went to... <laughs> Banking. Banking. You're the capitalist. I'm the capitalist, <laughs> and they're all teachers. I've got... My mom taught... 30 years first grade. My sister's getting close to yeah. that. And then I've got seven or eight cousins that also do it. And that's the other thing that people, even at work, laugh. <laughs> when I say, I got a cousin over there and I got a cousin over here because they can't believe I have so many cousins. But I have a... People I know. in your family were busy, apparently. Two two sisters in one family married two brothers in another. So everyone is double cousins. And oh. when I first and they came all on board, lived next to each other. we just assume everyone's a cousin. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and Haley like, never could quite figure out because I'll say cousin how, how Chris and they'll go, down. just call it cousin. Just, I, don't, yeah. I can't figure it out. It's a safe bet that they're a cousin in some shape or form. I We talked about it ages ago, but I just cannot resist doubling back. You mentioned the bourbon tour, mm -hmm. and I heard a little bit about this. Did I hear correctly that you were not spitting? I am. I'm not the bourbon connoisseur that okay. that Dave is, and we've done that a lot. We like Kentucky, Cincinnati. Mm -hmm. We go typically to a concert in Cincinnati, and then go across, across the river, the river uh -huh. to Kentucky. And Dave's met like where I would meet a rock star and be starstruck. Dave's met the gentleman that. Uh, made wild turkey and we, we are posing with him and jimmy russell yes we've gone on several but yeah i can think of one where and now post-covid you have to make an appointment it's not as easy going as whereas before you could walk in get involved in in a tour or a tasting so thanks to me overindulging <laughs> dave missed his last appointment and had to drive me back to the hotel because i was not feeling doing well. well. Not feeling well. But it's, and again, it's funny because you look at bourbon tours, and I started reading some books about bourbon, and it's historically part of one of the only items in the United States that has been taxed from the very beginning. Oh, okay. So, Specifically bourbon as opposed to other forms well, of alcohol. Whiskey, bourbon. Okay. But it's the only form. Has that's been taxed from the very beginning. Okay. Dave could now give tours. <laughs> oh, I could. Okay, yeah. I, if you've gone on enough of them, I'm sure you've. And read books, yes. Everyone will. That's another thing for Dave: a book on bourbon or. Well, it's funny because at this last Fourth of July, I brought a bunch of different bourbons, and I had bourbon tastings with all my cousins, and I managed that whole thing, <laughs> to the fact that my cousin. Just that cousin. Had a overindulgence and i guess when she was going back to the cottage she was singing old country western tunes and crying so, they Tell said why not. yeah let's not give her too much bourbon next time yeah dave was doing his own spiel he had all of the five or six different bourbons and some of the college kids who were old enough were down there everything from that to the retired grandparents oh yeah dave yeah. From books to bourbon. Yeah. That, that'll be on my gravestone. From books, books to bourbon. Where did, does bourbon originally come from? Go ahead, Dave. A lot of people think that bourbon has to be done in Kentucky. Distilled. Distilled in not. Kentucky. It does not. Bourbon is the only American alcohol that has to be 51% corn 
And after that, the mash bill of what that makes up could be either wheat, could be barley, could be anything else, but it has to be 51% corn. has to be distilled or stored in a white oak barrel, charred, doesn't matter to the percentage, and has to be there for, off the top of my head, I think four years, but I, I can't swear to it. Now you'll see bottles that say Kentucky bourbon. Kentucky made a law that if you're to call it Kentucky bourbon, it has to be made in Kentucky. Well, that does make sense. <laughs> it right? would. So you can make <clears throat> bourbon here and beer barrel bourbon out of New Holland, Grand Travers bourbon. They can do it up there, and it still can be bourbon, but it has to have that percentage of corn in the mash bill, and it has to have charred oak, and then it has to have, I think, four years, if I remember right. But it's really interesting because you go down to Kentucky, and, and a Granted, maybe it's one of these fad things that'll end someday, but it's history that's been there for hundreds and hundreds of years. This Jimmy Russell, he was a master distiller for wild turkey for 50-some-odd years, literally 50-some-odd years. Then his son is now the master distiller, and then his grandson now is working for wild turkey. So you've got generations. Jim Beam, there's a bunch of Beams in the Kentucky bourbon circuit that are master distillers at various distilleries down there, all started from the Beam family. You didn't say your spiel. All bourbon is whiskey, but not all whiskey is bourbon. You got it. Okay. I'll I'll have to ask you more questions about that when we're not in the middle of (laughs) the... It could go on a long time, but it is interesting. I, I assume that there might be some association with France, too, because bourbon is a French region, isn't it? That is up to question. Okay. We'll take it offline. (laughs) (laughs) Because there's Bourbon Street in Louisiana. Right. And because all the traffic that was going for early stages of uh, commerce was going down the Mississippi, they'd Mm -hmm. end up in where? Louisiana. Right. So all this whiskey, they would trade for goods down in Louisiana. So then it became bourbon whiskey. So it's up in the air. Historians differ on that. Dave's okay. a history nerd as well. You know what? You're not going to get on my bad side with that. Because <laughs> I, yeah, I love obscure, random, very specific trails through history, too. So I get it. I'm not going to judge you. What did the girls buy me for my birthday? Some app that if we go past a town, it'll give me the history of the town or some oh. unique fact. Yes. You need to figure out what that's called because that sounds amazing. Yeah. We're going to change gears. <laughs> <laughs> that small town atmosphere does te- tend to be associated with an earlier generation and we're all online we're, we're a global community the experience when you're younger is obviously a lot different what's something that you think would be meaningful in our community to to keep people tied to their homes and how do you think br- we could bridge the generational gaps in our community we were tossing around ideas when you gave us a few of the basic sessions you would be asking and that was one where we were both feeling a little lost. I, w- I wish we had uh, a clear path forward or some ideas. I think it does help to have a community college. It, it helps maybe to have a, a job program. I think having MCC here helps a lot with when you start thinking about the savings. And I've got a couple employees who go to MCC. The savings they get in comparison to going to a four-year college I think about even my own instance, if I had gone to a community college first, and then first I would have figured out what I wanted to be and then drilled down into it, I think would have been a great benefit. But yeah, it's it's a tough thing to 
think about where we're going generationally wise, but I don't really have any strong answers on that one. All right, well, I guess then we're done. Cause <laughs> <laughs> I can't think of anything. If somebody has a magic pill to make it work, I, I would love to hear it because it's something that I deal with on my boards that I sit on the Montcalm Economic Alliance. Uh-huh. That's one of the things that we talk about is retention, retention, build up what we have here, give a reason for people to stay here. Uh-huh. I have an electrical contractor that he specifically goes out and tries to find kids that are in the apprentice program and bring them in and train them up and build them from the ground up. And uh-huh. he's done very successfully at it. We need more of those. Like I know Aggressive Tool does that. And I know uh, Greenville Tool and Die does that. And I think it's shown when you look around the community, how many of these people who have gone from Greenville Tool and Die and started their own companies, there's a long history there uh, that has been very successful in the Greenville area. Uh, would love to see that continue going into the future. Economic development, some people are afraid of, but when you think about all the things that drive the prosperity of a region, that really can solve a lot of problems, from poverty to homelessness to all the other ills of the world. If we can have a strong economic development, we can have some of those things get off our plate or at least lessen the burden that we feel for those people in the community. It's definitely, it's hard on some of these communities that I sit on, everything from the Community Foundation to United Way and all these others where uh, even ACAP, you you sit there and go, God, if I only had $100,000, I'd give it to them because the stories they tell you of what they've accomplished and done, you just, there's just not enough money in the world or not enough resources for that to work. But boy, we have some unique opportunities and in organizations that really put a huge effort into curing those ills. Everything from homelessness to drug addiction to abuse. and It's just amazing to me. These people have to deal with this day in and day out. I would drink more bourbon if I had to do it day in and day out. <laughs> it would be much cheaper and- bourbon. <laughs> yeah, probably. That is very true. Not in a good way. Yeah, was- but it. I really do. I commend this community for they don't shy away from those problems. Coalition of Greater Greenville. We sit there once a month and have somebody talk to us about one of their groups and what they do. And and you sit there and you listen to it and you're just going, wow, the things that we do in this community that nobody really knows about Mm -hmm. but is front and center, and there is an issue. And the United Way is having a housing study in early December, and we're trying to find ways to bring in that missing middle, Mm -hmm. make sure that missing middle stays here. As Michelle and I age, but she would say she's much younger than me. And she uh, does. I, I, I know she does. Because it's true. <laughs> <laughs> that we can't be the main. We need another generation to step up. Mm-hmm. And we need that generation here to step up. And if they're leaving and going to other communities, Michigan is a negative population growth, and we can't have that. Not in this area, interesting. Especially not in this area. I've heard that we've had some good results, but they're all coming from Grand Rapids because it's cheaper. We had a uh, neighbor two doors down said the reason they came here was because they couldn't find a place that had a two-stall garage. Uh-huh. And for the price that they had to pay, it was almost $100,000 less than anything in GR, uh-huh. which, again... Yeah, I think more and more we're becoming a bedroom community for um, those that work Yeah. Um, Kent County. So. Yeah. Especially walking down 57 at 7, 8 o'clock in the morning or 5, Seeing six, all the traffic. 5 or 6 o'clock at night. 
why are you out that early in the morning, Dave? He's not. (laughs) (laughs) Every once in a while. He's not awake. (laughs) And he will not get up five minutes before that alarm. I'm like, what? I'm doing a million things. I'm with him on that, too. Not a morning person. <laughs> Again, nothing in common. And you work at a bank. Yeah. I feel like that might not I know. have been the best career choice. I wake up this wired and talking, and hey, why don't we do this? And this is what I'm doing. And he has to ease in. <laughs> um, She's putting her energy to good use now, though. <laughs> I don't know. It's going someplace positive. She woke me up this morning, and she goes, it's 8 o'clock. Why aren't you up? And I'm like, my meeting's at 9. So. Well, he's... Always up at seven thirty, not not seven twenty nine, seven thirty. I'm like, what? Where are you moving? Come on, let's do that. I was ready. We could have gone for breakfast. Would you have though? Yeah, yeah, I would. Okay, it just he he's a lump in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I should change the subject so that we're changing new subject. So imagine, if you will, that there is such a thing as a library principal. And you got sent to the library principal's office. What did you do? I was talking too much. Probably I always got great grades in school, but I would finish early and then I would start bothering the student next to me. (laughs) Hey, (laughs) what are you doing later? So I would say I probably got in trouble for talking. Dave, maybe did you check out too many books and then return them promptly? Yeah, that would probably be me. Because I have way too many books. The reason we don't charge fines anymore. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Or he I has gotta... a stack by his bed. How many do you typically have checked out at a time? Right now I'm probably reading at least seven books and in various places of reading them. But they're not checked out here. I think most of those were gifts for your birthday in yeah. October. Oh, okay. At yeah. least I give you credit for reading things. that I, I am like a petulant child when it comes to stuff like that. If somebody gives me something, it's like homework. I'm like, I'm not reading this. You can't make me read this. <laughs> But they, no, they all give me really great books. I picked up one when I was up in Traverse City for a conference. I picked up Fordlandia with Ford building a plantation, mm-hmm. a rubber plantation in Brazil, which I find really fascinating because I was born in Detroit or in Dearborn. Detroit adjacent. Detroit adjacent. But they're, they're coming back to Michigan. My grandfather came down to work for Ford when he moved to $5 a day. And he moved, my family originally came from Minnesota. So. It has some meaning to me. I'm a big Ford guy. My dad was always a big Ford guy. And you know, come to find out, my grandpa, who worked for Ford for 38 years, never knew how to drive. That's and I never okay. knew that until about 10, 15 years ago when my aunt told me. Well, I guess like early days, it may, it, it almost makes sense because it was, there was definitely a period where, I mean, not everybody could afford to buy a car. Right. So, wow. Yeah. So when you start thinking about it, it's like my dad said, he used to drive the Model Ts and the Model As when he would go to the summers up to work on the Sepala farm up in Minnesota. But my grandpa never drove. It was always train, buses, or somebody would pick him up to go to work. And he worked at River Rouge, the big factory down there, too. One more. What fictional family do you believe yours closely <laughs> resembles? Dave says modern family. Um, no, then I changed my mind. Really? Okay. No, I changed my mind. So I does said. that make you Phil then? Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Well, they've all okay. talked about that. <laughs> or Jay. I'm more Jay than Phil. Yeah, I was, okay. was going to say. Yeah. 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 I'm more Jay than Phil. Uh, you're Claire slash Gloria. <laughs> I wish I were Claire Gloria. Sl- wow, that's a combo. <laughs> Goodness. Right there. Yeah. And then, uh, but then the other one we were thinking of was Schitt's Creek. Oh, okay. She's Myra. 
She's Moira. 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 Yeah. Can you do the accent? Not here, but yeah, if I work on it. <laughs> Not under duress. Yeah, I okay. can. We watch that and laugh because we could so see our two girls like dealing with losing everything and having to live together, which ironically, thanks to, again, Chicago prices, they're bunking together after college. And Dave and I cringe sometimes when we go in there. It's a little messy. There's some issues, but yeah, there we can see ourselves in both families. And then if we were Parks and Rec, I'm Ron Swanson. <laughs> it's always the most crotchety person, apparently. I, it, it's, it's one of these. Okay, it is what it is. And I'm Leslie Nope, 100 percent Leslie. I'm super that, positive. Yeah, that I can see. And like, yeah, we're gonna do this, and I'm bubbly, and I'm dragging Ron along. Um, I don't think you're Ron Swanson. You're not enough of a libertarian to be Ron Swanson. Hey. Ron Swanson would not be on a bunch of like boards. boards of, True, like, but I, uh, but, but I'm his a, love of good whiskey and, and, and steak and, and steak, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that makes the sense. The grill master. There the are times. The question I'm asking right now is, do you have a night dress that you wear? That is like, <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a hockey jersey, but that's about okay. it. Okay, all right. Yeah, that's an acceptable. There's no Scrooge yeah. aspect I, I to it. I feel like he's one of the locals in Schitt's Creek. He could aspire to be Johnny. But <laughs> <laughs> you're Bob. Or you're Roland, maybe. Bob. Yeah. Oh, Bob. Oh, oh my God. You do that, like, that walk that he does where he's just always strolling up. But that's a fun combination, definitely. I can see that. But you mix them all together, and that's what we are. <laughs> There's always going to be a little Parks and Rec when you, when you have any association with local government, too. Yeah, it's true to form. I don't know. I've We've had friends and relatives tell us that we should have our own sitcom. The Why do you think I invited you here? <laughs> <laughs> Between our kids and any time we've tried to host or the different things that go wrong or, yeah, I feel sometimes there's a laugh track going on <laughs> or really sad music. I don't know. Lots of groaning. Given, <laughs> given the episode. Yeah, the um, Kardashians have nothing on us. Except for money. <laughs> That's important. <laughs> thank you so much for sitting down with me, you guys. Oh, thank you. Appreciate it. I, I know that, at least for you, I'm going to out you. At least for you, Michelle, <laughs> you were reticent at first. I was a little reluctant. Yeah. Dave and I don't often take our show on the road. <laughs> <laughs> Two weeks in Vegas, baby. Everybody survived. Yes. Hopefully no one is mad at each other when they go home. And That's the important part. <laughs> it's all good. Michelle and Dave are a lot of fun to talk to. They are ridiculous and they are really funny. And I'm glad that I gave them the opportunity to actually see each other in the same room. <laughs> so maybe I need to keep inviting them back to make sure that they are that they're talking to each other because that's important. So we are back with Kara, who I'm going to make stop talking about comics. Now. <laughs> <laughs> I love talking about comics with her and I keep cornering her at circulation to do that even when she has actual things that she's supposed to do and i do too like i have work to do too but i'll talk um, about comics all the time but absolutely yeah talk about other stuff there's a wealth of conversation about that certainly but let's talk about you're you are not from greenville originally right more or less it's an interesting story because so basically my family has been in greenville for a very long time my mom mom and dad. My dad grew up in Grand Rapids. My mom grew up here and in Clarkston. And my grandparents, Don and Sharon Cooper, also grew up here through high school, basically. They met on Baldwin Lake as teenagers and, yeah, had a really cute romance and went to 
and Michigan State and fell in love, got married, and eventually ended up building a house on Baldwin Lake right across from the beach. I was living in Atlanta and I needed a new living situation and a friend of mine had a room in LA for rent and I was like, oh, I'm a young artist and I feel like I should live in LA at some point and try that out. And did that for maybe two months before I was like, oh, I hate this. <laughs> like LA, LA is a, a, a cool city. It's, it's lots going on, lots to do, lots of traffic, lots of money. <laughs> so, yeah, lots of lots. Yeah. Lots of lots. It, it is a lot. Um, so I'm glad I experienced it. I've got good friends out there who I miss, but yeah, two months was enough for me. And I realized that the house on Baldwin Lake was, it had been rented for a while outside of our family after my grandfather had passed, but it was sitting empty for a little while. So I called my grandmother up and I was like, can I just rent the house for a little bit? I, I was hoping to move out by that winter. I moved up in, in March and I was like, oh, I'll find somewhere else to go. And, and what year was this? 2016. Okay. Yep. It's been a hot sec. Yeah. It's been a minute. It's been a minute. I ended up, I'm spoiled by living on Baldwin Lake, honestly. It's yeah. beautiful. And I realized that it was the perfect situation for working at home full time, drawing comics full time, because the rent was, I was basically paying for rent at the house as much as I was paying for a tiny, it wasn't even a room in LA. I was just living like in the curtained off portion of somebody's oh, okay. living room. So your life was Kimmy Schmidt, basically. Basically, yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. it was great. And I loved my roommates and, and everything, but I needed space and I definitely have that on the lake. And You have a house. I have a house, yeah, a whole house to myself where, you know, I work, I had studio space, I had room to store all of my books basically, right. which is a lot. And Greenville, Greenville was just great. I, at the time I was drawing the Over the Garden Wall comic when I moved up here, which if you're unfamiliar with the series, it's a based on a Cartoon Network series that kind of mostly takes place in the woods and it's very spooky and creepy. And I can't think of the name of the cemetery that's right off Baldwin, but. I'm so bad with names. I know. Don't if Veronica were in here, she would know, but. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's me. a beautiful cemetery and it shows up a lot in my books because I use it for drawing reference a lot. And I've used some other, like downtown Greenville has shown up in a couple of books I've done. And it's, yeah, it's been just the ideal area because I can go to a convention on a weekend. And for a while I was doing a convention at least once a month. And I would be talking to hundreds, if not thousands of people every single week. And it's very overwhelming. But to come back to Greenville and have just this quiet, peaceful town to recharge in, basically. It was ideal. We were talking about how a certain point in your life, there are things that feel different, that like your experience of them is different. I feel like that need for retreat definitely grows as you get older. Mm -hmm. That like the appeal of living right in the middle of everything vanishes once you realize how much value you get out of just like having the volume knob turned down a few notches. Exactly. Yeah. It doesn't have to be one. It just has to be below nine. So there's something fascinating about the idea of you just tooling around, like not sure where you're going to where you're going to go. <laughs> you land in L.A. for a little bit and then you're just like, I know there's a house in Greenville. And that's just. Yeah. the I feel like for a lot of people, that kind of life decision sounds very 
overwhelming. Yeah. 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 It was an interesting period in my life of transitioning from going and living basically in major cities in the South all my life. I had spent summers in Greenville growing up and the occasional Christmas with grandparents up here. So you had seen snow at least. I had seen snow at least, yeah, but very rarely. And I lived in Denver until I was about 11 or 12, I want to say. I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. I lived in Denver for a while. so Not close together, but we have that in common. Yeah, and Colorado's beautiful. I love yes, Colorado. So I remembered snow as a, a child, but <laughs> that was definitely one of the things I had to adjust to the most moving here was winter. The first year I lived here was a really bad winter, lots of snow. Was that the year that, that everything was out at Christmas? Pretty much. Okay. I think so. I just remember not being able to leave my house because there was so much snow. I didn't right. know how to shovel snow. I didn't know. Like, luckily, I think a neighbor took pity on me and started plowing. To be fair, it's pretty straightforward. You just shovel. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I quickly learned that, luckily. But that was also a danger of working at, from home by myself. Oh, yeah. Just it's, get buried in. Oh, yeah. As I long got, as you got food and water. Exactly. I wouldn't leave my house for a week or two right. if I had enough supplies and the, and the power stayed on. And I... I finally, a couple of years ago, I had to literally buy an ice knife for the driveway because oh, wow. the driveway would okay. get iced over. I was like, oh, I need to do this more regularly and not let this happen. I have to say an ice knife sounds terrifying. It's basically, yeah, just a blade on the end of a really long stick. It looks I'm terrifying. picturing like a scythe. Not quite that okay. like intense, but it... You're not reaping. You're not just... reaping the ice, just <laughs> hacking basically and trying not to hit my feet okay so that's a good goal yeah yeah Yeah. it'll be probably a good thing this year that i'm gonna have to get out of the house probably every day and i've got my mom moving up here this year too into the house which will be great because she's lived in texas for 20 30 years and she's she and my dad bought the house earlier this year and so now uh, she gets to live in the house where she used to live as a teenager, and she's really excited about it. Yeah, that'll be nice. That's, how old is the house? I want to say my grandfather designed it, and they built it the late 70s or okay. mid-70s, late mid-70s. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's been there a while. It's older than me. For Michigan, that's not even that old. I know. Yeah, I've seen pictures of, of other properties on Baldwin Lake and that, that uh, lot that the house is in now, like before it was built. And it's crazy how much the the lake has changed in the last hundred years from the pictures oh, I've seen. Oh, I can imagine. I can yeah. imagine. Is it a lot smaller? No. I will. Yes and no, because it... I'm not an expert on the history of Baldwin Lake. I know there are people. Why are you not I an know. expert? <laughs> I know. There, there are a lot of people who live on the lake and in Greenville in general right. who know so much about the history. Right. It's so fascinating. My my aunt, Lynn Cooper, is one of them. She could tell you a whole lot. Maureen Burns, a neighbor of mine, I'm sure. And she yes, and them. also a, a, a board member. Yeah. Yes, yeah. And awesome. Maureen's yeah. the best. Yeah. And they have like just these amazing pen and records of life on Baldwin Lake. Um from years ago and there's I think there used to be like an ice house over where the beach is and the beach used to have these huge like water signs I think oh okay and, yeah and I remember even as a kid 
20 years ago or so, probably longer than that, honestly, 25, 30 years ago, the beach used to have the little floating docks out that you could swim to that were just boards nailed on top of old oil drums. Right. Which I'm sure were incredibly dangerous. But yeah, yeah we would just Good for out. the environment. Oh, yeah. Definitely not releasing any toxins no. into the water. No. That was fine. No lead paint or anything. No. It's great. No loose nails or splinters ever. Um yeah, they they used to have those all over the place, and yeah, it was a cool place to to grow up as a kid. But it's definitely different now. So I'm assuming at least the house doesn't have that sort of century or more quirkiness to it, where like the stairways are super pokey or the bedrooms are weirdly small for human inhabitants. It's not too bad. There's definitely updates that it needs. I remember we used to have orange shag carpeting when I was little. I missed that. Yes. Yeah, that's that is glorious. Very difficult to clean. Oh, yeah. But yeah. Yeah. I think my mom is planning to right now there's just like beige carpeting in it. And I think we're just going to tear it up and put wood planks down throughout Mm -hmm. the house. To make it look a little bit nicer but honestly it's in it's still in really good shape it's really been nice to live there because there's so much of my family's past still mm-hmm. in the house it still has a lot of my grandparents belongings and it yeah. mixed in with all of mine at this point it's fun to have friends over from out of town because I don't tell them before they come over that my great-grandfather used to be a butcher here in town and so one of the features of the house is I have these antique meat hooks hanging all over the house. There's probably a good dozen or so of them. Just, you know, I don't think about them anymore. They're just hanging from the ceiling. Just meat hooks. (laughs) I suppose that's better than having them, like, surreptitiously hidden in corners. Exactly. It's like, oh, look. Exactly. You turn around too fast and you might lose an eye. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. They look really neat. But, yeah, I don't even really think about it until somebody's over and they're like, why are there hooks everywhere? And I'm like, oh, don't worry. And then my grandfather used to collect, like, the wooden hunting ducks and stuff. So there's, like, there's beams running through the main part of the house and just a bunch of ducks hidden up in the ceiling and stuff. That's awesome. It's really cute. I love those ducks. That's what gives a character, right? Exactly. Yeah. My grandfather passed away in the house that I'm in now, and we are very, it is very close to the cemetery. Mm-hmm. And I have a dog who will sometimes just sit and look around behind me. She sees, oh. she's watching somebody. Mm-hmm. And I'm at the point now where I'm like, if there's any ghosts here, it's just grandpa. It's fine. I feel like most potential hauntings are much more boring than they make sound exactly. in horror movies. It's okay. Yeah, there's noises. It's an old house, whatever. Exactly. My my reassuring thought to myself anytime I do get a little bit spooked is if anything bad were to happen with ghosts, pro- it probably would have happened by now. That's fair. And I, there has to be something, yes, a little bit comforting about knowing that the only people who have lived in your house have been family members. Exactly. So that's fine. Right. Yeah. It's like a, it's, it's like homey haunting. Honestly, it's cozy. It, there, There is something nice about the thought of having that connection with my grandparents so close in the house. I'm like, that's fine with me. I like that. Is there anything that you really appreciated about places that you've lived in the past? You're like, Oh, man, I wish Greenville had something like this. Honestly, it, it it's all going to be food related. <laughs> and that's what I assumed because yep. that's where my brain goes to. I yeah. go straight to Indian food. I'm like, yeah, we need an Indian restaurant. We need a, yeah. like a good Indian restaurant in the area. But there's nothing wrong with that. I'm a big foodie. I Before I decided to do comics, 
I wanted to go to culinary school and I wanted to be a pastry chef. So I mm-hmm. apprenticed in bakeries and stuff for a little while before swerving. And so anytime I travel now, that's always the top mm-hmm. of my itinerary is going to, to restaurants and checking out food and all of that. And Greenville has some decent food, but I cook a lot more at home than mm-hmm. I did when I lived in Atlanta and other places. And I do drive down to Grand Rapids anytime I don't feel like cooking um, <laughs> a lot. So I do wish Greenville had a bit more variety. What's the cuisine that you miss the most? Oh, man. I feel like really good, authentic Chinese food, like Sichuan okay. cuisine. I love one of my favorite dishes is hand-pulled noodle soup. Oh, like, yeah. Gosh, anytime I like travel to New York or Chicago or anything, that's one of my first steps. I'm like, we got to right. go get noodles and noodles and all oh, good ramen and Korean food. Oh, my gosh. I would love some Korean nearby. It, it's but- funny. Growing up, my mom, she grew up in in Greenville, and she's not an adventurous eater at all. It's, I just assume it's a Midwest thing, honestly. As somebody, I think who it's grew Midwest and it's generational too. Like. Fair. Then after me and my sister moved out, she started being more adventurous, and now she loves Vietnamese food and stuff. Well, I was going to say too is that with baked goods, anyway, those are pretty universal. Oh yeah. So it's a, I feel like it's a lot easier to find a really good bakery in a more off the beaten path place than it is to find something of a particular yeah. cuisine path. So and there was a up until very recently there was a, an amazing bakery just south of Belding in Smyrna called the Otisco Bakery. The woman who owned the place studied in France. She studied traditional pastry making technique and she, she made the most incredible croissants and pain au chocolat oh my gosh like some of the best i've ever had she just retired a couple of months ago and i I was devastated oh (laughs) i can imagine oh that's heartbreaking yeah one of the things that they do when i'm bored and i don't feel like drawing or playing video games or whatever else is i will literally sit and menu plan for like my dream restaurants or bakeries that's who i am And, and one of my mom's dreams is to also open a little coffee shop or something she'll every time she comes up here to visit she'll look at the lots that are for sale and she's like, that would be a cute little place to build a little coffee shop and i'm like one of these days mom we can do it i can make all the pastries and stuff you should right because i feel like that's something that is an empty area we have coffee yeah obviously we have i won't throw shade but it, we have the chain coffee stores definitely yeah. which we didn't have until re- relatively recently, recently. Yeah. but that niche of the coffee and the really good baked goods mm-hmm. and like having like a comfy zone that feels genuinely comfy and not like Starbucks comfy, which is not the same thing. Yeah. That would be great. Yeah. Fruit Fruit Haven had their little bakery yeah, for a little bit. They did. Yeah, it's it yeah. It's, we'll see what happens. That was really yeah, they they were doing really good stuff there. But yeah, I think there's definitely room for something like that in Greenville. So I might have to talk to my mom a little All bit right, more well, when she gets up here. We'll add a third job here to the list. You here. know, yeah. Something's gotta give the, at a certain point. The way the economy's going, that might <laughs> be yeah, necessary. We'll see. And on that bombshell, that's how they say it on Top Gear. Watch a surprising Top Gear. <laughs> Thank you for sitting down with me, even though you weren't scheduled <laughs> to sit down today. So I appreciate that. And I'm glad we give you the ability to leave your house from time to time in the same way that we give Michelle (laughs) and Dave the chance to see each other. So yay for that. Yeah. Yay for peripheral opportunities through (laughs) through working here. And we're happy that you're here. 
and thank you all too for listening again and take care thank you